My name's Hilary. Um, I've been helping organise this, um, this gathering that we're having today and I'm really excited about it. Last night was amazing um, and today we're going to have some amazing um, discussions as well. I'd like to pay my respects to the Aranda people of this land, past, present and future. Our sovereignty has never been ceded um, and it's an honour to be able to be part of this organising. Um, today we've got, the, to start with, um, we've got a panel about both um, community governance and housing. Um, we've got this amazing lineup. To start with, we have Ngala Kunoth Monks, um, who's, I've got my bios here. Of the Eleuthera First Nations Trust uh, from Utopia. Um, she's, I wrote something here. Um, and this is a quote from her mother, um, Rosalie Kunoth Monks, who wrote this beautiful bio about her. Angala uh, Kunoth Monks was born in 1972 and is a proud Madjura and Aranda woman. She has represented us well at Land Council over the past six years and is passionate about keeping our language education and the care of children and the elderly. She is well versed in making sure land, language and children are being cared for on country. She walks the talk every day and I think that's like a beautiful sort of reflection of you. Um, and then we'll move on, I'll introduce other people as they start to speak. But it's a welcome, um, thanks for being here. Morning everyone. Um, you'll probably realise that I'm not used to being at the front. I'm used to being in the crowd. <laughs> so I've got my mother here as well and my daughter Ruby. So today we're um, talking about community councils and governance. I think when the, um, when the intervention first hit, 2007, and then straight after we had the shires hit. Community councils were decimated. We've had to struggle really hard to keep our voice. Um, I guess they set up local, local government councils on communities, but they didn't really work. We've got our own structures on our homelands that work but our voice has been really put down and oppressed. Um, it hasn't stopped for the last 10 years. There are not many community meetings happening out on our homelands now. Um, I guess um, the, the shires just sit there and do nothing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put my mother on now and let her say a few words. Yeah. And I'll come back to you. I'd like to say good morning, and I'd like to thank those that are from the other culture that support us. I think you're called the Black Armband, aren't you? And I've done some research and looking at People like looking at them and feeling sick at the same time. People like David, not David, Andrew Bott is the most repulsive, 
horrible person. You can't call it a human being. It's some form of a being. In looking at that, and at looking at the denial of Australia, especially through the policies of our existence, of the fact that we are struggling, struggling against odds that seem to be insurmountable. We may never climb it. But just sitting down out there near the campfire, sitting here with one of my heroes, Dr. Janini Gondara. You know, we're, we're a hundred years and over, Janini and I. But tell you what, we keep on coming. And we will keep on coming. And meeting Mark and being so proud of the fact that he is not attached to the Westminster system party line. This man that in our midst here today is independent, proud, black representative of us black people in Australia. And I welcome both of them with great joy. The other thing that I want to talk about is we have so many people speaking on our behalf from our own race, calling themselves leaders, calling themselves anything for cash comment to the mining companies and other interested groups that are there to take us down. That must stop. We must reclaim and we must put more people independent in a black party, if necessary, with Mark. The other thing I want to say is, I remember at Ross River speaking in language because Pat Anderson and um, Megan said to us, you may speak in language, and I did. And somebody stood up and almost castigated me for talking in my, my language. And that was disgusting. And it knocked me sideways. Better believe it. When the intervention group hit us with Malbruff riding roughshod over us, we didn't know what struck us because backing him was the military in uniform. Backing him also was the police. And unless you've gone through that you won't know the full nightmare of the intervention. And I remember John Howard saying, as he removed the Racial Discrimination Act, 
He said, there is no time for niceties. These people are more or less porn addicts. We're also pedophiles. That hit me so hard that I did not want to get up at all. And then, people asking me, especially my leaders, my men, men with law, real law, asking me, what's this word? Illegal pedophilin. Illegal pornographin. I had to explain in detail what that meant. Now that trauma is still out push. And I noticed that the fathers who are capable also of being mothers, Apmali, your mother's brothers are your mothers. They were too scared to touch their daughters too scared, just in case that word came in, that pedophile. And we talked about that pedophilia. We talked about what this porn is. And they went looking for people who was acting in them pornographic videos and all that. They couldn't find anyone within our tribal group. I bet you they couldn't find anyone in any of the tribal groups around Australia. Now, that is what we're fighting. That's the legacy which we're carrying. That is the legacy that my granddaughter is carrying now. And it's no good us sitting here and talking. Time for talking is over. Time for lines of action. We've got to fight it and we've got to get off that welfare. And on that note, I would like to say that my daughter from the Alukara, my granddaughter who is coming back from Sydney tomorrow, and myself, we're going to bring back grandmother's law in our language. Our children will be taught right up to grade six is What do we do all these things for? What are you putting paint on your breast for? It's not for show. It is to hold your country strong, to keep grandmother's law going for another million years. That's what we're up against. And we do not go to the government to ask for funds or for permission. I am having a cultural school which is private, belonging to black people out at Utopia in 2018. I will not come back into Alice Springs. I will not come back into my father's country if we don't reclaim our cultural rights. And this, it's written in the Queen's English, isn't it? I'm shocked. The sovereignty is a spiritual, spiritual notion. The ancestral tie between the land or mother nature. 
and then it goes on into Queen's English. We, we were born therefrom. And I think we're going to return there too. Who speaks English like that? So the Uluru Statement is a failure as far as I'm concerned. The other thing I'd like to say to brother here, land councils. I know they're a statutory body. I know they are an arm that is absolutely attached to the government of the day. But I look for Central Land Council to come and assist us on the homeland, on our country. I couldn't find them anywhere. Let's stand together. Don't let the corrupt monetary system separate us. We are one people right from Tasmania, right through to the islands up north, we are not going to be separated. We will stand united. And when we say we stand united, I mean we take away the trauma from our little ones. Don't give lip service and do nothing about it. Do something about it. No white teacher is going to be bossed or indeed take over a looker up First Nations school at Utopia. No one. And guess what? I've got a guy with money coming out to visit me, but it's not government money. It's Dick Smith flying his own plane out there because he's a bit of an eccentric. Yeah, come and see me, brother, and hand that money over with no orders. That is mine to spend the way I want to. I will not be bought by anyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, you two, like such strong words. <laughs> um, so continuing on this theme of uh, community governance, um, we have Pamela Lynch um, up now to speak. Um, Veronica and Pamela Lynch, um, uh, two sisters, um, are under traditional owners of Black Tank Homeland um, and have done a lot of advocacy uh, work about the outstation um, struggle. Um, one of the things that they said to me when I was asking for a biography was um, the intervention interrupted our lives out there and we want to speak against it. We're still not getting any housing, there are no houses coming to the homelands and no one is coming to our places finding out our needs. We're not getting any services. I, I reckon that's a good idea. Yeah. So should we leave, should we divide into two um, after the community governance session? We'll take our questions and answers for that and then do the housing session. 
Should we leave comments till after the um, end of the... Um, thank you, Rosie. Um, look, my name is Sam Bush Blanasi. I'm the chair of Northern Land Council. Um, but the Northern Land Council, we, just like you, Rosie, we, um, with my guidance, we um, hitting the government head on. Um, we're not going to back out of them. Um, I've sort of been criticising the Northern Territory government now about our station, town camp, and um, especially Elliot with the disadvantaged people. Um, I've been working very closely with Central Land Council, chairperson, to have um, a full land council to um, get together, and that's coming up soon. And the issue that we're all talking about is intervention, housing, and all of that stuff. And um, with the full land council getting together with Andy Liakwa and TV, we're going to be um, the big force behind this, and with the support of you guys. If you all, like Rosie said early on, if you all speak together as one voice, we'll be able to um, overturn their decision and overturn their little laws, intervention, because I'm a dead against intervention. I'm just like Rosie. So the Northern Land Council don't bow down to the Northern Territory Government. We fight them, and we will continue fighting them. And I've got a couple of members here already. Um, Chris Need, Matthew, and um, TV Land Council here, young David guy. So um, the fight we got is all together. So Rosie, we, we don't buy down to them. We will stick with you guys. Hello. Morning all, um, my name's Veronica Lind. Um, I'm a Kamarae from Black Tank Outstation. That's um, 75 kilometres northeast on the Altunga Tourist Drive, north then east, uh, 50 k's on bitumen, and then another 23 k's on the dirt track. And that's go cutting across through pastoral property as well. Um, we're here today, me and my sister, to talk about our outstation. Um, before the intervention came, we were a thriving little um, family business. Yeah, you can talk about that. Yeah, well, back in the 80s, we was up on the um, North Highway, 40 k's up on the high on McGrath Flat Dam, and our people were there protesting. We protested because... In any case, our people with the Land Rights Act forgot was people on the homelands where we tried to go back home because the elders were wanting to go back home to live on their land and they wanted excisions to go back and live in little small areas on the land. But the Land Rights Act didn't cater for that. 
So we protested, took all our children with us, grand old people, grandmothers, grandfathers, mothers and fathers, all of us went out there and we protested. In the end, Jerry ann came out and met us. We moved on to a little um, campsite onto the pastoral lease. The pastoral lease wanted to take our old people to court, the station owner. He put us on, on hold at the courthouse. The court case was heard, but because our people said, we're not going to sit down over there at the courthouse, our country is here. We're staying put on our country. So the judge threw the application out. We won. Jerry Hand gave us little, uh, well, the government, in the end, was we had to have excisions. So our family was um, given handed excision and um, Robert Pickner, the minister at that time, did a handover on our country at that black tank and two families received um, their lands back. But then we as a family group, we um, instigated and implemented a, um, a resource centre called Ngerika, Aboriginal Resource Centre for our people to work and help our people on the homeland. This organisation was built on our, on our people's land. And now that organisation doesn't respect us. Since the intervention, we don't even have a right to speak on our behalf. We don't have a voice in the council because they now have directors and those directors follow a constitution who that constitution has now changed into a rule book and their constitution is um, supposedly regulated by ORIC, Office of the Register of Indigenous Organ Corporations. But that, that corporation doesn't even regulate all these indigenous um, organisations here because they don't respect our people. They don't respect people on the ground because Oric believes in directors and we don't believe in directors because directors don't see what we want and how we want it. And that's the biggest change is how directors think they can speak up for our rights when they don't. Most of all, they got wrong people directing what we want our way. And that's what I don't like. Oric is not regulating in the way that they should be. Rule books change every year with our authorisation. How can that be? Because directors say so. Our laws, we, in our law, we, our, our laws don't change, but in the white man's laws, their laws change nearly every day. And um, on going on with um, Ingerica, um today we still haven't got services to our community. We, we got grass sky high now, must be past a um, tank, water tank. But we did speak to um, Nigel Scullion about someone coming out there and visiting us and talking to us. Never heard from him. We spoke to Department of Community Services. They told us, get back into with Ingerica, and we said, no, we don't want Ingerica. Um, then they told us, um, go and find a, a service provider yourselves. And we said, no, that's your job. That's why you're working in this um, Department of Community Services. And here we are still today, no services, and we haven't heard back from the um, Department of Community Services yet. 
uh, community development, sorry. And um, the other community, the other outstations also come up to us and tell us the same thing. Oh, we got no this, we got no that, we never heard from so and so. They got directors, but those directors, they just go and sit down on their, um, at the meetings and don't say nothing. And yet there's a whole outstation out there full of concerns. But they're not raised. We don't get feedbacks from the delegates from um, land council meeting or the Mingetica um, meeting, service providers meeting. Yeah, so. And try and create job opportunities, but nothing. Yeah, that's the same everywhere, all over. That's it from us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's like the story everywhere, isn't it? Like, no resources going into communities, whether it's um, communities or outstations, homelands or town camps, like Aboriginal services or Aboriginal people are not being given the services that are essential, you know? Um, thank you so much. Uh, the next uh, speaker is Vanessa Poulsen. Uh, Vanessa Poulsen, um, uh, father from Walpuri, mother from Pitjantjara lands. She's president of Kanta Camp and is a strong advocate and spokesperson for um, increased community control in town camps because it's not just the town, it's not just the communities that need to like, you know, run their own affairs, but it's also town camps. My country is Nawiyanga uh, and Mindumu. I live at Kanda Camp and I'm a president. My mother's side has lived here a long time. I'm 34, I have four kids. I'm single and raised them up myself. When the intervention came, I was 24. When my son was nine, he was living in the mall. Everything changed quickly. Everyone was confused, angry and scared. We lost control of everything. I asked my father to look after my son because I was scared that welfare would take him and I wouldn't be able to feed him on the basic card. I have learned to live with basic card health, but really would like to have control of my own money. When I think about the last 10 years, things have gotten much worse. Police arresting more people giving more fines, more people locked up, kids and old people scared of them. No second chance. Kids don't go to school if they do go, they get suspended or banned from the bus. They don't like school, it's scary. 
and confusing. No one speaks their language. Then we come with the kids don't go. They keep family fine and to spend their money. Well, they taking more and more kids, not looking after them and not giving them back family fight to get their kids back too. Doesn't work or take a long time. Everything they buy us a lot and Don't mention the horse. There's no new. No town camps control their own money. More support for families stop taking their kids. Um, so, shall we do questions now, or shall we do housing and then questions at the end? We'll do all the panel first. Yep. Cool. So, next, um, so thank you, Vanessa, uh, for your strong words. Um, so, the, we move now from community governance to talking about housing. Um, so, Maddie Ryan and Barb Shaw are both on the anti-Aboriginal housing body. Um, and so, are really interested in t like hearing what people's needs around housing are, how people want to organise their housing. And, um, and so, we'll give a short presentation. Um, we have just a USB that was plugged in for the projector and then get that going. Um, and we'll have some words. Thank you. Hello, Katrubin. <laughs> Uh, probably only male person here up front, uh, but privileged to be here amongst all the Aranda people and acknowledge the Aranda people, past and present, and all the females here, with respect, all of you both. And woman power, yeah. And look, um, must I say first, um, I'm a Gurungi person, my father's side, where built country, Lajamano. Uh, my fa mother's side is Anamdan, which is south of, um, south of you south from Maryville, which is probably 100 k's in. No houses. We used to footwalk. We still do it today. Um, actually, we can't now. Um, I've been very passionate about um, intervention since day, day one. And I've seen CDP changes from day one as well before the intervention. Oh, it had very big impact in our communities. Um, Nowadays, it's work for the doll, where it's putting a little money in your pocket. Um, it's creating poverty by the government, mind you. Creating poverty, where there's no tucker. People are humbugging other family members in our communities. Since you get breached, um, it's very hard to go, go back out to um, um, work for the doll program again. It's reality. And with the intervention, as men, like, you know, fellow countrymen said here, under the table here, we men felt disempowered and felt um, 
we can't do nothing. Um, we just no control of our children, and we can't even look at. Even today, we still feel that that we pedophiles or men. The racist policies still exist today. And honestly, I walk down the street. I feel really uncomfortable around kids because of the way, the perception they see us all men here. We feel it today. It's not gone. It broke us, all men. We the providers to the women and so on and so forth, you know. We both providers. As a young leader here, um, I was quite broken down in my community where I come from. Um, broke my heart big time. When I tried and fought, as well as you, my border country, right across, um, tried to get the government, ignorant government, to listen to us. Still, it's like brick wall there. And like I said to a fellow countrymen outside here, the policy is based around racist policy, and I think, as far as I'm concerned, it's a um, form of slavery, but in a different form. When you really think about it, they make us work really, really hard to earn for our peanuts, really, when you really think about it. And the government think they're doing the right thing? They're not. They're putting us backwards, right back. You might as well um, give us your um, sugar and ration, you know, put it that way. And as far as I'm concerned, government not listening to us. And like, you know, already they said down the bottom, we need to stick together and stand together, walk as one, one voice, move forward and fight these bloody bastards. We are sick and tired being dictated to by the federal government and the Commonwealth and the Northern Territory. They should be investigated, the Northern Territory, for misuse of funds for Aboriginal affairs, as far as I'm concerned. And add to that, and yet they put us um, to Senate inquiries, they should be put under Senate inquiries in the Parliament. We should be investigating them. Yeah? And I think here today, hopefully, with respect, countrymen, let's not fight each other. Let's walk together, talk together as one voice. Thank you. Um, yeah, so both Maddie and I, <clears throat> you'd have to excuse my um, volume in my voice. Um, I guess uh, with both Maddie and I, we're co-chairs of Aboriginal Housing NT, and one of the things um, that with the intervention was, um, I guess, taking over of community living areas and our Aboriginal um, Indigenous housing organisations were taken over by the government too and we had to, I guess, out of one of the aspects of the intervention was um, compulsory land acquisition. Now, Aunty Rosie talked about the land councils. Well, one of the things um, that they were pushing, the government was pushing for was um, leasing 
and taking over the leasing. So whatever we wanted on our communities or in our town camps or on our outstations, we had to enter into 40-year lease or 99 years um, leasing so we can actually get development on our countries and also you know, get our houses fixed or new houses, you know. <clears throat> me, 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 me. So... So what we did, um, as Chung and Jiro like, when Malbruff came up to <clears throat> the Territory and met with Chung and Jiro, um, he wanted 99 years for $60 million. And some mob here from town camps know that as well. Um, we, took, we said no three times over to Malbruff and said it wasn't good enough. Um, what, so during that time we worked with lawyers um, and we developed the Central Australian Affordable Housing Company. So we have the majority of town campers on that board. So we do have, a con have it controlled by our mob. Um, since then, because um, we have 16 town camp leasing leases here in perpetuity. We did have 18. But um, Malbruff said that people who lived on Namadura's camp in tin sheds were squatters. Um, so those tin sheds got knocked down. Um, and then we have Whitegate where you have traditional owners living on their own traditional land, still living in um, tin sheds as well. And when it comes to housing, like we got Teresa Rowe who's going to do show a little presentation and speak at what we've been doing over the last um, couple of years when we were set up. Um, at the moment we're a voluntary um, unpaid company um, or little body for the Northern Territory. So we want to be able to have that voice and be the advocates for people um, with housing issues. Um, at the moment, we know that our leasing, leasing arrangements with um, the government, they're also in breach um, with the amount of repairs and maintenance. So we, we have to go through a lot of channels before we can get a... Um, I guess, a window fixed or a door handle fixed or a leaking tap fixed. So for me, I have to ring up to the affordable housing company or whoever, you know, the tenancy um, company. Then they have to phone into Territory Housing. Then Territory Housing has to um, report to the contractors or people who are out there for repairs and maintenance. And then invoices so they won't come out once to fix a door or fix a window or fix a tap. But what they have to do is they wait until there's maybe 10. So um, just recently we just heard, you know, a tap that was um, needed to be fixed out on a remote community cost $3,000. And that's because of the channels that we have to go through. Um, we've been told that if we want a door handle fix, it's cost eight, $800. It's cheaper to just go down the road to Bunnings and buy a door handle and do it yourself. Um, so we, we have a lot of contractors going out, um, out, of, out of the housing and the leasing um, stuff. A lot of companies and contractors or construction workers have actually made a lot of money in this. Um, they can't even give our government workers, our Aboriginal government workers, accommodation or homes. Um, they're still living in overcrowding situations. 
or they don't even have a house at all and yet they work for PMC's office. Um, one of the other things around leasing and the intervention is they had to change their land rights. They amended the Land Rights Act so they in, that way they can have a little bit more control on our country. Um, anything else? Just to add to that, um, I mean, all of us here know health and education government always talk about it, but you want to achieve that if you have a proper housing. No offense to white fellas here. I know they have proper education because they have proper housing, yeah? Proper sleep, noble crowding. We don't. We got cutterman coming in and out by 24-7 probably. Probably more than 30 people in the house. And this sort of achievement we want to achieve, that have proper affordable housing, that we can relax, our kids can relax. Go every day, get up in the morning, have breakfast, go to school. Our kids are missing out on education. Health. You want to achieve health and education without proper housing. Government always say, health and education, yeah? No. You fix up the foundation first. You'll have the good outcome, health and education. Everything all related. You connect the dots. Everything related to housing and affordable housing. Everyone knows here. White fellows know that. Politicians know that. And yet they put pressure on us more. Expect us to get the two outcome, health and education, which is big BS for us. I'm concerned. We get the housing first right and get the leasing right where we know as first people of Australia, we have a say. At the moment, we don't have any say. Like I said earlier, they disempowered us more all black people of Australia. They keep disempowering us every day. But like I said again, we want proper housing, listen to us. And with the housing thing we have, we have we've only been like, what, two or three years, I think? Or, and look, we want all the countries to have imports so that we can attack this more government proper. Go door knocking and say, look, listen here. You stop making decisions on behalf of us. We want to make decisions on behalf um, on, on behalf of the TOs in our communities, not you. Tell Territory Housing to piss off. That's our community, as far as I'm concerned. All of you, you know, we all live in the same community. We should have a first say, not them. At the moment, they keep rejigging. Oh, we've got to put another layer, another layer of housing. That's just, oh, unbelievable, this more government. You, you, you come up with a good idea, they'll come up with another idea, similar, and then they scrap our idea. Oh, now we've got to go with this mob here because of the money. They don't want us to be controlling our own destiny, our future. It's always dictated to us mob. But anyway, I just wanted to add that, that's all. Thank you. What I'm, what I'm going to do is ask the ladies or um, if you want. Can I say something? You can say something. Um, recently, um, we went to a native title um, hearing or meeting for our um, grandfather's side. And upon hearing at the meeting, there was a lawyer presenting um, the meeting and she said, we heard her, she said, oh, no more land council now. She sort of let that slip out. And just questioning, if there is no land council, why is there a land council office still operating? And what they're doing now is they're um, 
handing out um, the native title claims left, right and centre all over the country now. You know? No, no land rights. So what native title? And we've been through like three, four, five native title land um, claims through our family's connection for our grandmother's side and our grandfather's side. And it's not funny. Native title everywhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs>